The Sealed Book. Once again, the keeper of the book has opened the ponderous door to the secret vault, wherein is kept the great sealed book, in which is recorded all the secrets and mysteries of mankind through the ages. Here are tales of every kind, tales of murder, of madness, of dark deeds, strange and terrible beyond all belief. Keeper of the book, I would know what tale we tell this time. Open the great book and let us read. Slowly, the great book opens. One by one, the keeper of the book turns the pages and stops. Ah. The strange story of a man who would stop at nothing to accomplish his ends. A tale called The Accusing Corpse. corpse as it is written in the pages of the sealed book. Philip Drake, the wealthy stockbroker, is pacing nervously back and forth in the drawing room of his country mansion. His face becomes pale as Vivian, his wife, enters the drawing room, a suitcase in one hand. Well, Philip, I'm all packed and ready to leave. I do hope Vivian, how you... can you do this to me? You know I love you, that I do anything to make you oh, happy. Philip, let's not go over that again. Oh, please, darling, don't leave. At least not until your brother Roger's arrived and had a chance to talk to you. He'll be here any minute. Oh, nothing that righteous brother of mine can say will change my mind. Now, would you mind lending me your car to get to town? Vivian, if you leave me, you won't get a cent. Not a cent, do you hear? Really? Did you ever stop to think, Philip, that there might be another man? One with more money than you? Another man? Oh, no, Vivian, there couldn't be. And why not? But we've only been married three months. Why, there couldn't have been anybody in that time. But there was. Oh, Vivian, you can't do this to me. I love you, I love you, I won't let you go. I really must be saying goodbye now. He's waiting for me in town. I don't want to be late. 
If I can't have you, no one else will, do you hear? Oh, really, you're being ridiculous. I must go now. No! Philip, what are you... A gun? Yes, Vivian, a gun. I told you if I couldn't have you, no one else would, and I mean it. Even with that gun, you can't keep me, do you hear? I'd sooner die than go on living with you. I'm going, and you're not going to... Vivian. Philip, what happened? I thought I heard... Vivian. I didn't mean to do it. She was going to leave me. Vivian. Roger. Is she dead? Yes. Philip, do you know what this may mean? Life imprisonment, perhaps even the electric chair? Yes, I know. I lost control of myself. Nothing seems to matter now. You you simply can't throw your life away like that. Even if Vivian was my sister. I don't mind telling you that I always felt you were far too good for her. She didn't deserve to be your wife. Oh, please, Roger. Look, if we were to get rid of the body, who could possibly know that she didn't leave here tonight as she'd planned? No, no. It wouldn't work, Roger. You can't get away with murder. That's nonsense, Philip. Now, if we were to bury her in the woods... No one would ever find her body. Bury her in the woods? I couldn't do that. Philip, you must let me handle this. Oh, and you'd better give me that gun. All right, Roger. Here you are. Good. Now you wait here. I'm going to get rid of the body. I think this is quite far enough. I'm afraid I'll have to bury you now, my dear Vivian. <laughs> Put me down, Roger. I'm tired of being carried like a sack of potatoes. All right. Oh, there. Oh, and let me congratulate you on your performance as a corpse as I carried you out. Roger, do you think he suspects anything? Of course he doesn't. He's positive that he shot and killed you. It was very clever the way you taunted him into doing it. You've got the gun, haven't you? Certainly I've got it. You don't think I was going to let him discover that the bullets had been removed and blank cartridges substituted, did you? No, not you, Roger. You always know what you're doing. <laughs> it was a lucky day when you met me. <laughs> Look, now here's the key to the apartment I rented in town. You'll find my car a quarter of a mile down the road. All right. I'll be waiting for you at the apartment. I'll be there in a few hours. Hmm. Well, now let's see. <laughs> this seems like a nice place to dig. The next morning, Roger called on Philip at his office. And finding Philip very nervous, reassured him that he had hidden poor Vivian's grave carefully. When Philip expressed his gratitude for Roger's help, Roger suggested that Philip could do him a favor in return by lending him $20,000 to swing a business deal. Philip was startled, but after a moment's hesitation, wrote out a check. As he wrote it, Roger smiled. Things were working out just as he'd planned. 
get it. Well, what does this look like? Oh, <laughs> darling, that's wonderful. Now we can clear out it. Well, Roger, there isn't a hundred thousand here. Well, no, dear. <laughs> I only got twenty thousand from him. But we were after a hundred thousand. Why didn't you get it all this morning when you saw him? My dear Vivian, it simply isn't done that way. Blackmail is an art. An art that calls for the use of psychology. <laughs> Philip will give us many times over the money I hold in my hand. All in due time, of course. But you mean I'll have to go on hiding in this miserable apartment until you've finished your little game with him? Never being able to leave it for fear someone will recognize me? Oh, come now. You've got the radio, books, and Well, I won't spend weeks in this apartment, I tell you. I, I won't. Oh. oh, my arm. You... you will do exactly as I say, Vivian. Exactly. Do you understand? Oh, Roger, my arm, you're hurting me. It's nothing to what I will do if you disobey me. Do I make myself clear? Oh, yes, Yes, I'll do whatever you say. to continue the story as it is written in the sealed book. A week passed. A week in which Roger patiently bided his time. What time he knew was working on his side against Philip. Then one morning he called on Philip at his office. Oh, good morning, Philip. How are you? How do you expect me to be? This past week I've been able to think of nothing but Vivian. And what happened that night... Philip, you must stop brooding over it. Whatever happened was her fault, not yours. Yes, you're right. Perhaps what I need is a vacation. Of course. A trip would do you a world of good. And if I could afford it, I'd go along with you. You mean you haven't any money? I'm afraid not, Philip. That's what I've come to see you about. I must have um, $40,000 at once. 40000 Yes, 
If I don't get the 40,000, it may mean prison for me. You wouldn't want to see that happen, would you? No, of course not. After all, Philip, I saved you from prison. In fact, I made myself an accomplice to Vivian's murder by not turning you over to the police. Yes, I know, but... You could hardly expect me to remain loyal to you if you weren't willing to help me, could you? I see. Seems I haven't any choice. Very well, Roger. I'll write you out a check. <laughs> Take a look at this, Vivian. $40,000 in cash. Oh, darling. Now, uh, wasn't this worth staying and hiding for? And there's plenty more where this came from. What? Oh, who could that be? You better get behind that screen. Uh, all right, Roger. Yes? COD for Miss Brown. Comes to $64. Hey, you must be mistaken. There's no Miss Brown here. Well, this is the address she gave. Sincero, Mr. Roger Martinson. That's your name? Why, yes, but I Those don't... Those packages are for me, Roger. Uh, how much did you say the COD was? Uh, $64, Miss. All right. Here you are. Thank you, Miss. Here's your receipt. Bye. Bye. When did you buy those clothes? This morning. You mean you went out shopping in spite of what I told you? Well, I was sick of being cooped up in this apartment day and night. I, I had to do something for a change. And what of my plans? You risked everything with so much at stake. Roger, Roger, stop looking at me like that. I, I tell you, I couldn't stand being cooped up in this apartment any longer. And if you don't get the rest of the money at once so that we can clear out, I'll go shopping whenever I feel like it. You can't make... You'll do exactly as I say. I won't allow anything or anyone to interfere with my plans. I've worked every step out perfectly, and there isn't going to be any slip-up. Another week passed. A week in which Roger made no effort to see Philip. Then early one evening, he got into his car and drove out of the city to Philip's home in the country. Oh, it's you, Roger. Come in. Uh, good evening, Philip. Uh, where are the servants? This is their night off. You're not looking well at all, Philip. You shouldn't remain in this big house by yourself. What difference does it make where I am? Wherever I go, the memories of that night follow. It's hard to believe that it was only two weeks ago tonight that I killed her. Two weeks ago tonight? Why, so it was. Uh, by the way, Philip, do you think you might possibly lend me $60,000? 60? Well, you can't be serious. Oh, but I am. But I've lent you that much already. Yes, I know, but I must have more. No. I won't give you another cent. You've blackmailed me enough. Blackmail is a harsh word, Philip. What else would you call it? You're just as hard and grasping as Vivian was. Oh, yes, but you must remember I'm alive and she isn't. I suppose you're glad she's dead. In life, she was worth nothing to you. In death, you were able to get $60,000 for her. In death? How do I know she is dead? Don't be foolish, Philip. 
You shot her yourself. Yes, but how do I know she was dead? It was you who examined her, you who told me so, and you who buried her body all by yourself. I just wanted to spare you, Philip. Just exactly where did you bury Vivian? As a matter of fact, how do I know the whole affair wasn't staged for my special benefit? You're quite capable of such a scheme. I tell you she's dead, Philip, and buried out in the woods. And I want to see the grave. And the body you say is in it. This is ridiculous. I won't go searching for a grave in the middle of the night. You shouldn't have to search for it, Roger. Not if you really dug one. Come along. I won't do it. Why, this is I said all... come along, Roger. Oh, very well. But I'm not certain I'll be able to find the grave. After all, the woods is fairly large, and it's been two weeks since I buried her. It's quite all right, Roger. We'll stay out there until you do find her. someplace around here. I'm certain of it, but perhaps we ought to come back in the daytime. It might be easier to find it then. I know, Roger. You shouldn't have any trouble finding it now, if it exists. It does exist, I tell you. It's, it's just that the woods are so confusing at night. Everything looks so different. Just keep on searching, Roger. Uh, well, perhaps this is the spot. It, it, it looks something like it. There's only one way to make certain, and that's to start digging. Here's a shovel. Start digging. Oh, very well, Philip, if you insist. Well, Roger, you've been digging for 20 minutes now, and you haven't uncovered a body. You're a great actor. But I'm afraid this time you've overplayed your role. What do you mean? Vivian isn't dead. And there's no use pretending she is. Everything that's happened was part of a scheme the two of you planned to extort money from me. I tell you she's dead, Philip. And where's the body? I thought this was the spot, but I must be mistaken. I'm sure I didn't bury her any deeper than this, but... Philip. Turn the flashlight this way. What is it? Look. Do you see what I've uncovered? A hand. Yes. This is the spot where I buried her. Just a few more shovels full. I'll have her body uncovered. Vivian. No. No, it can't be. But it is Vivian. Look, Philip. Here's the bullet hole under her heart. The bullet hole you made. I don't want to see anymore. I've seen enough. You should trust me a little more, Philip. Everything I did was for your own good. After all, you don't want to go to the electric chair, do you? I don't care what happens anymore. I can't stand having her death on my conscience any longer. I'm going to call the police. Don't be a fool, Philip. You know it can mean the electric chair. I'll take my chances. Anything's better than going on living the way I have these past two weeks. I'm going back to the house and call the police. Philip, come back. Philip! Thank you. 
And now to continue the story, as it is written in the sealed book. After Philip and Roger had dug up Vivian's body with the bullet hole through the heart, Philip decided that the only thing left for him was to call the police and confess. So in spite of Roger's protests, he rushed back to the house. Operator. Operator, Philip, wait. Don't do anything foolish. You've cut me off. Take your hand off the phone, Roger. All I want you to do is to listen to me for a few minutes. Then if you still want to call the police, you can. Now, please, put the receiver down, Philip. That's it. What do you want to tell me? Well, do you mind if I mix myself a drink first? It's been a rather difficult evening. Very well. Uh, what about one for you? You look as though you could stand a drink. No, thank you. Nonsense now. It'll do you good. What is it you want to say to me, Roger? Say to you? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, oh, here's your drink. Thank you. Well, what shall we drink to? We'll drink to your good luck, come what may. Ah. Ah, there, I feel a good deal better. All right, now we've had a drink. What have you got to say? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, what I wanted to say was, I never let anything interfere with my plans, Philip. I can't allow you to go to the police, and therefore you shan't. It would spoil my plans. It would, would it? But I'd like to see you stop me. I have, Philip. In a very little while, in fact, in just a few seconds, you'll be dead. Dead? What do you say? Yes, Philip. The drink I mixed you was poisoned. Aren't you finding that it's becoming difficult to breathe? No. You couldn't have... I... My throat... It burns. Yes, I know. But it'll all be over in a matter of seconds. Now I see it all. You... You murdered her. Yes, Philip. Just a week ago tonight, she died according to plan. I'll call the police. I'll tell them that... I'm afraid you haven't the strength left to reach the phone, Philip. I would... I... You and Vivian never had a chance, Philip. I had things worked out perfectly, down to the smallest detail. Hello, operator. Operator, please connect me with the police. Oh, Inspector, I finished the examination of the body of Vivian Drake and her husband, Philip. Okay, Doc. Oh, this is uh, Roger Martinson. Mr. Martinson, this is Dr. Smith, the county coroner. How do you do, Mr. Oh, hello. I'll be with you in a few minutes, Doc. Just stay here. All right, Inspector. Now, Mr. Martinson, uh, you were telling me how you came to this house two weeks ago tonight to see your sister and found she was gone. Yes. My brother-in-law, Philip, told me that she had gone on a vacation. I thought it strange at the time that she should have gone away without saying goodbye to me, as we were always very close. Then days passed, and I didn't hear from her. Was it like your sister to go away and not write? No, and that's what worried me so. The past two weeks, Philip kept putting me off when I inquired about Vivian's whereabouts. Tonight, I couldn't stand it any longer, and I came to this house to have it out with him. Well, what did your brother-in-law say when he saw you? He was um, well, quite agitated at my unexpected arrival. When I threatened to go to the police, he broke down and confessed to having murdered Vivian. When had he murdered him? 
He told me he'd done it two weeks ago tonight. That was the very night I'd come here to see Vivian, and he told me that she'd left for a vacation. I see. Go on. Naturally, when he told me he'd murdered her, I, w I was aghast. He led me to the woods and showed me the grave. We returned to the house, and before I could stop him, Philip had taken poison. I then called the police. Well, seems like a plain case of murder and suicide to me. Right, Doc? Perhaps, but Mr. Martinson, I was very much interested in what you had to say regarding the murder of your sister. You say that your brother-in-law confessed to murdering her two weeks ago tonight. Uh, yes, that's correct. And you never saw her alive after that night? Oh, why, no, of course not. What are you getting at, Doc? Please, Inspector. Mr. Martinson, would you mind telling me where you live? Why, at 425 West 106th Street. Tell me, were some clothes delivered to that address in your care one week ago today? Clothes? Yes, to be exact, a woman's sports suit, which cost $64 and arrived COD. Why, no. You're lying, Mr. Martinson. I have in my hand a slip of paper that not only proves that you're lying, but it'll send you to the electric chair. Doc, what are you saying? Yes, Inspector. Mr. Martinson's plan was perfect, but he slipped up badly. He forgot to search Vivian Drake's clothing before he buried her. When I examined her body just now, I found in one of her pockets this receipted bill, bearing the date April 9th. That proves beyond a doubt that she was alive one week ago, and consequently couldn't have been murdered by her husband on April 2nd, as Mr. Martinson here claims. I know. Yes, Mr. Martinson. It was you who killed her. Corpse has accused you from the grave of murder and has given us proof of your guilt. No, it can't be. I had everything planned perfectly. Perfectly, do you hear? Down to the last detail. I couldn't have failed. I couldn't. But Roger Martinson had failed. And all because of a mere sales slip that was found in a corpse's pocket. A dated sales slip that gave the lie to his testimony and sent him to the electric chair. For murder is always without, though it takes the dead themselves to tell of it. And now, keeper of the book, before you close the great book, show us the tale we tell next time. This one? Ah, yes. An incredible story about a young married couple who bought an old New England colonial house. A house that was cursed. 
cursed with the evil spirit of a dead woman. A tale called Stranger in the House. Be sure to be with us again next time when the sound of the great gong heralds another strange and exciting tale from The Sealed Book. The Sealed Book, written by Bob Arthur and David Cogan, is produced and directed by Jock McGregor. <laughs>